Hey, what's up everyone? It's Marco from the Basketball Doctors. What are you currently doing right now to improve your game? Are you practicing some dribbling skills in the garage? Or are you sitting around and playing NBA 2K? Today we have a special episode with Paul Easton going over home dribbling skills and tips on how to study film to improve your game as a basketball player. If you're a basketball player, this is a must listen. Stay tuned. the Basketball Doctors Podcast. My name is Marco Lopez. I am a doctor of physical therapy and certified strength conditioning coach. My name is Gabe Ignacio. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. Our goal is to empower our listeners with evidence-based information of all things basketball. That includes injuries, recovery, rehab, nutrition, sports performance, and training. We will be interviewing key influencers to help you become a more well-rounded athlete at any skill level. Now we have one question for you. Are you ready to ball for life? Let's get it. Hey, what's up, guys? We have Paul Easton here with us. So, Paul, go ahead and introduce yourselves to us. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Paul Easton. I'm a basketball skills trainer, a basketball enthusiast, and I'm in uh, the D.C. area in Virginia, and I run Drills and Skills Basketball. A pleasure to speak to you guys today. So, Paul, tell us what sparked your interest in basketball. I know we talked about this off air, but you have a pretty interesting background. So, kind of talk to us about that. Yeah, I'm uh, born and raised in Scotland. Obviously, not known for basketball, more <laughs> rugby, golf, stuff yeah. like that. And I um, played all those sports growing up. But I went across to Texas to visit my aunt uh, when I was 13 years old. Saw some guys playing basketball kind of in their backyards and was just, just absolutely blown away by it and wanted to learn. So, as soon as I got back to Scotland, Looked up my local basketball club, found one, and it was a wrap. I had no love for anything else but basketball. And I just, I, I loved the game. And I played it a little while. I played um, under 16 uh, national team. I made one of the final cuts. You know, I was an okay player. And then I got a coaching pretty young because I, I knew I wasn't, wasn't a great player. So about 19 years old, I really got into coaching. Loved it. Coached many teams. Was on vacation in um, the D.C. area and ended up getting involved with a basketball camp over there. And it was the, the legendary Morgan Wooten who just passed away this year. It was him and his son who kind of were, were my mentors. I actually moved into America and I started coaching high school basketball with Joe Wooten at Bishop O'Connell High School. Really a powerhouse in the D.C. area. And there for six years, coached AAU uh, with the D.C. Assault Program. We bragged players like Quinn Cook, um, Michael Beasley, you name it. Oh, yeah. And... And then after that, I was the head coach at St. James School for two years. And then due to some family issues, I then uh, gave up the game for about three months. Didn't know what to do and found myself training some young local players who wanted some extra help. It went really well with those players. And I started to uh, gain more players. And then I put it on Instagram. And a few of my ex-players who were pros overseas and guys at Georgetown University and around the area were like, oh, are you a trainer now? And like I was saying to you before, I was like, yeah, I guess I am. That I started training these guys, and there was no uh, there was no parents yelling at me, no AD yelling at me for schedules. I just really enjoyed putting the work in and seeing them all kind of you know doing well individually and grow and the relationship. And then I was always good in high school with film work, so I introduced film and we would slow things down, break it down for the guys, and be really detailed oriented, which I think is one of my strengths. Is I'm very detailed and very particular. 
you know, was uh, Instagram was the main kind of feed for it. And I noticed there's a lot of trainers out there who could do great things with the ball. And I said, well, that's not me. But what I can do is I can help you with stuff that's effective. You know, because I, I watched hours and hours of videotape. I studied things. I read a lot of books on basketball. I'm a basketball nerd. So on Instagram, I started to do voiceovers and slow things down and be really, really particular. So any players of any level could use this to their advantage. I was very fortunate. It caught on back at the time and the Instagram following really grew and I attracted a lot more kind of players from all over the place, you know, division one, division three, high school, a few WNBA players. I just, just been a great ride and I've really enjoyed it. And so basketball is just my thing. And you know, sometimes people will say to me, Scotland, like how, how you coach basketball? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. It's like a way, it's one of a kind story. I love, I mean, when I, when I first found you through Instagram, I love the visuals. I love the orient, you know, the detail to just like the very, the very fine little details and movements and everything. And that's what I was like, man, this is so good. And one thing that I've seen, you know, recently that you're kind of blowing up on is the home skilled workouts that you have for these, these youth basketball kids, everyone that's doing it. I know we talked about the almost like a thousand people joining in. So tell us more about what should basketball kids be doing right now? Because a lot of them are just playing NBA 2K and I'm telling them, hey, this is a time to get better. You have no excuses. You have a basketball, you have maybe a living room. So tell us like what's, how do you approach these kids right now on what should they be doing right now? It's a great point. I think that, you know, basketball is going to come back. And I think all we can do, and it may sound a little corny, but all we can do is put the work in and stay positive. But it's going to come back. And, and you, you alluded to it before. What you don't want is to come back and be completely rusty, you know, out of shape. Your skill level is not there. And depending on when we come back, it may be ready for the high school season or maybe the live period for AAU. And if you're not ready, if you're not sharp, you're really going to struggle. And that can be costly, you know, college coaches watching, high school tryouts. So I think as a player, this is where you've got to show a lot of maturity here because you're not going to have your, your team coach say, hey, you got to come to practice or, hey, you got to do this or, hey, there's a game on Saturday. That's not going to happen. You're going to be have to be really mature. And I think, that, I think really the players that really, really want it, this is the chance for them to get ahead. It really is. And that's why I did the, uh, the, what I call the Paul Easton free in-home basketball workouts. I saw a lot of trainers doing drills through Zoom, which is ingenious, which is great. I mean, Zoom is what we all should have invested in, right? Made some money. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I think, you know, with, with them, I saw guys doing that. I said, this is great. But I also noticed a lot of players, you know, some of the, I've been hearing people had lost their jobs, families weren't doing well, you know, having to move into, you know, move out their houses and, and just heart was breaking for people all across the world. And I said, you know, what can I do to, to help or give back? And basketball is my thing. So I offered free workouts. And the reason I made them free was basically just so every player can have the chance. So a player who may be going through a hardship doesn't have to ask his mom, hey, why can't I get training? You know, Johnny over here has got training. You know, why can't I get it? I don't want him to be in that position. So I want to give it for free and, and give to what I can. And I'll be honest with you, I, I'm loving it. I love to see everyone working out, working hard. We've almost got a little community. You know, we've had we've had up to 700 people, uh, I'm sorry, 900 people on Zoom working out together. And just scrolling through and seeing them all is, is utterly amazing. It just shows you how many people have a love for the game. So what I would say to, to young players right now, there's plenty of time to play 2K. So I'm not saying ban it all together, 
but what I'm saying is you've got to create your own schedule, much like a practice. Like, you know, can you go for a run outside? Do one of the workouts you work out in the off season, you know, can you do, you, obviously you can do your push-ups. You don't need a whole gym to do stuff. Have your physical fitness routine. But from a basketball standpoint, now's the time to really get better with the basketball. You know, whether you live in, in, in an apartment, whether you live in a, a big house, you can find a space, even if it's outside in a safe area. You know, you don't have to go to the court and bump and play, but in a safe, isolated area, and you can work on your ball handling. If you've been weak on your offhand, now's the time to work on it. If your crossover is not as wide and quick and as effective as you want, now's the time to work on it. And you can really put the work in and build up your skill level. There are so many things on YouTube. There are so many things on Instagram if you're not sure what to work on. Or even not call your coach and ask him what you can work on. There's a million drills, literally, that you can do from stationary ball handling. Now, if you've got access to a hoop where it's isolated and you're safe, that's even better. But again, it's all about structure. What I've found, what makes athletes great is structure. Guys who go through high-level high school programs, AAU, college, MBA, there's always a structure. There's a schedule. So what I say is don't just go to the court and jack up, you know, 50 shots and call it a day. Know exactly what you want to work on. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to make 25 threes. I'm going to make 20 foul shots. I'm going to make, you know, 20 pull-ups going to my left. You have to be mature and take that onus. It doesn't have to be rocket science or something complicated, but before you go to the court, write it down, put it on your phone, you know, take a picture of it, whatever it is, and say, this is my schedule for today. So that, that's, the, that's the big thing that they should be doing physically. No, I love, I love the part that you mentioned, the structure. I mean, I can't, I mean, emphasize that even more. I think all the athletes that we worked with that are very committed to their craft and everything have a structure. Hey, during this time, I'm going to do this. During this time, I'm going to do that. And they come in with an idea. And it's kind of like the same thing. Every session has to, I mean, in regards to everything, in regards to in our side, during rehab and performance, we have a goal. Hey, this is what we're going to work on. This is where we're going to zoom in. And like you said, this is a, you know, we're going to go in the basketball court. We're going to shoot. We're not going to just shoot. We're going to work on a specific, you know, it's a pull-up jig, you know, free throws, whatever. Specific is very specific and structured. What would you say in regards to dribbling? Because sometimes some people might not have access to a basketball court. I know here in at Los Angeles where I'm at, they took down the rims actually in a lot of our parks. So what would you say, what should they, you know, what would you say advice wise, if they're just going to be dribbling, what's their goal in mind? Can you give us a, just a sample goal or sample? Example, what I do is for my, for my in-home workouts, the free workouts, I keep a very restricted space on purpose. Because what I don't want to do is, you know, some some players, you know, in a small room in the house or downstairs in the basement, and it's only got like four feet of room, I don't want to be standing on a court. So I want to show them that I can do it too. And what I do is only use one basketball, and I'll say bring an, ob an object. Some players, I'll see on the camera, they use like a, a water bottle as their cone, you know, for the defender's feet. Or they put a shoe down, and I, I, I love that. It's great. The other day, some kid had the, their, their little sister's doll like a, a little Barbie doll. That's brilliant, you know? And I, I love the creativity and I, you know, I commend it. But I think for dribbling, you want to work on your stance and your balance. You know, I would say low on the hips, uh, high with the chest. And you've got to work on three things. Your strength of dribble, your speed, and your control. With strength is how, how, you know, how hard you can pound it, how you can make your moves. And, you know, like I always say, opposite hand up for resistance, like a defender is leaning on you. So your strength of dribble, how hard you're pounding on. Your speed, you choose whatever your move is. Like one of my favorite is the killer cross, you know, Tim Hardaway style. And, you know, 
we work on the speed of that. So you're speeding it up. So when you get into a game against a defender, you can go that speed. Because obviously, you know, in a game, everyone gets sped up. So we're really working on speed. And then control, you can challenge yourself. You know, I tell some players, get the heavy ball, wrap your bat, your basketball in a plastic bag. You know, so yep, it's that, the classic one. There's stuff where you're, you know, you're really working on, um, on your speed. But if you can master control, speed of dribble, and strength, you're really, you're really improving what you're doing, really improving what you're doing. But I would say for a player, when you go out there to work for 20, 30 minutes, pick two moves and say, I'm going to work on this move going to my right. I'm going to work on this move going to my left. And I'm really going to break it down bit by bit and build up. Perfect. And I, I just want to follow up on the last little bit that you mentioned, 20 to 30 minutes. What's the ideal time you're suggesting for all your athletes right now to work on dribbling? Because I know, you know, some they're going to be doing their physical workouts. But also, they got to be doing their dribbling. Like, what's the time frame? You know, we're talking about structure. How much time should they block? I know you mentioned 20 to 30, but what's your ideal time for athletes right now during this time? I mean, for me, my workout is lasting 30, 30 to 45 minutes. And what I do is I put a lot of challenges in there, like how many crossovers can you do in a minute? We call these burnout sessions, and they're crazy. It's like a four-minute session. And I'll be, you know, I get, to take, I get to take time off and be a coach. And I'll be, <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, you know, two ball dribble, push up, defensive slide, close out. You got to react and keep going. And it's kind of like our game within the game. But I think as a player, if you can get 20 minutes of working per day, it's going to make a difference. I see a lot of young players. I'll always say, who's good at Fortnite? And everybody will put their hand up. <laughs> you know, who's good at texting? And everyone put their hand up and I'll say, why? And they're like, uh, uh, I said, you're good at it because you do it all the time. You know, I said, and it's, it's where the structure and consistency comes in. You're, you're good at what you do all the time. And that can be good or bad. So for, for people who are working out, you don't have to go and dribble for an hour and a half and be gushing and sweat. But what you need to do is be consistent. Like, I'm going to go and do, you know, five 20-minute workouts this week. Or I'm going to do four or whatever it may be. And I think consistent, I think consistency is better than a longer duration of time yeah love that and make that make those time blocks count you know not like you know not go 50 percent, go 100 percent. i have a question in regards to that so we're working on dribbling a lot of people could do that at home what about shooting paul what do you recommend for shooting for well, people that don't have a hoop or like what do you you know what's that it's a great question i've been thinking about it myself i work on workouts a lot of i work on defensive closeouts from like two or three yeah. steps work on the jab step, the, the jab spin. The other day I was working on the Euro step without the shot, just working on the footwork of the Euro. For shooting, one thing I saw, a good friend of mine sent me an article from the Brooklyn Nets, and they actually have their guys on Zoom or whatever it may be, and they have to visualize shooting for 30 minutes. Mm, and they yep. talk about the breakdown of it. I've read it, and it's, it's fascinating. I'd love to do it. I wonder where the age level would come in. I know that's a little tougher with your younger kids. And on my workouts, I'm averaging it. Well, not on average, but we've got kids as, as young as seven years old up to like 27. You know, a guy who said he was 45 or the older than me asked if he could come on. I said, absolutely. You know, whoever wants to get work in. And I think that the visualizing thing was really pretty neat to read. And it's something I may think about putting into my workout. But honestly, I don't have the answer for you yet. Yeah, no, that's huge. I mean, the mental reps are, it's a big one. I mean, just getting the mental feedback, you just thinking about shooting at least is better than not shooting at all. And I think I remember reading something about Jordan that he used to sleep with a basketball at night and just before he goes to bed, just practice the shot, just shooting the ball. Yeah. But 
I don't know, that was like an interesting thing because I knew one people, like a couple of athletes are asking, it's like, man, I'm going to lose my shot and everything. But I kind of tell them it's like, it's like riding a bike, you know, you're always going to get it back. It's just going to take a while to get back. I think, I think with players, like one of the biggest things, and again, it's another mental challenge. When you come back to playing or practicing, you yeah. have to keep in mind, you're not going to be the same player you were when you left. It may take you a week or so to get back into the flow of things. So it's almost saying to the player, don't be so hard on yourself. Everyone's in the same boat. So when it comes to shooting, you know, ease yourself back in. Instead of making the step back three, maybe try for the mid-range first and build yourself back up there, you know? No, I love that. I love that. And this It's big, like, the mind has to be trained during this time. Going off of that, what are you telling – I know you work with a lot of high school athletes. What are you telling your upcoming high school seniors, like the juniors that are here right now, the seniors? You yeah, know, they're, they're approaching the last year. What are you telling them? A lot of them have anxiety about the AAU season because that's big yeah. for them in terms of exposure. But I think that the only thing message I have is you have to stay positive. You have to stay working hard. You have to be ready for when it does come. We can only control what we control. And I think, like you said, when it comes to high school season – what work you can put in is going to be better than not. You know, I think everyone can improve their handle. You know, everyone can improve their foot speed or whatever it may be. And if you think about it, I've saw so many players and I've said, man, if you had a quicker first step, you would be so much better. Now it's time to work on it. Or, hey, if you can handle the ball under pressure more, now it's time to work on it. And I think that a lot of players in the first couple of weeks were out there, they were working out, they were videoing it, you know, hashtag stay at home, whatever. But I've seen a lot of people starting to fade away now. Because it's the ones that really, really want it. You don't have that carrot in front of you anymore because you don't know when the next game is. So that's where it takes maturity to say, I know it's coming back. I don't know when, but i got to be ready. Perfect. I love that. I love that. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's you just got to be stay ready, you know, so you won't have to, you know, become ready. And I love how you mentioned you can only control what you can control, you know, and just let everything else go. What do you have any tips in regard to basketball film? Should players be watching other basketball players? Or who's I'm, your glad, basketball I'm glad you asked that. I'm the biggest advocate of film. Yeah. And one of the things people say to me, because they never say to me, hey, Coach Paul, how'd you get that jump shot? I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. Or, hey, Coach Paul, how'd you... <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that to me. And what they do say is, man, how do you know the game so well? Yeah. And it's all videotaped. I, I, we coach high school basketball. Obviously, we coach the game. That night, I would watch the game again on tape. After I watched it and took notes, I would then go through and edit it. This is before the days of huddle and crossover. Oh, man. <laughs> and old school, I would edit it, and then I would get clips for the team, good and bad. I'd get clips for individual players, about tendencies, upcoming matchups. And then the next morning, I'd watch it again. So I would tell guys, when we played one game, I would watch that game three, maybe four times. You play 30 games in a season, I'm watching like 120 games. And for me, I would just start to see things for the go. So I tell players all the time, watch game film as much as you can. Call your coach, ask for it. Most teams have crossover, huddle, whatever it is. Yeah. If you don't have game film, which is okay, go to a, a college game or even an NBA game on YouTube. And what to do is find a player that the position that you like to play. Now, don't just watch yourself scoring or the NBA player scoring. Watch how they get open. Watch what they do off the ball. Take notes. If you're watching yourself, I call it the effective chart. You list the quarters. You put a, a two tallies, two columns. You've got effective and non-effective. And on every possession, you mark if you're effective or non-effective. And then you look at it afterwards and see which you were. So instead of saying, 
coach doesn't like me, you know, or he likes the other person better, start looking at effectiveness and see that, you know, did I box out? Did I run the floor? Did I make an extra pass? Was I, was I not on help defense? So game film, and I made a post about this. I'm probably going to post it again this week, but basically how to watch game film. And I think it's, you, you've got to be, you, you can't be afraid to see your mistakes because the only way you'll learn is to see your mistakes. Um, so that I'm a huge advocate of game film. I really am. Yeah, I love that last thing. You have to be able to see your mistakes. And sometimes some, you don't want to see your mistakes. You want to just see I love that. What would you say? I mean, I mean, this might be a tough question, but for any athlete right now, what are the top five players you recommend? Meaning the, at the point guard position, shooting guard position, small forward, power forward, center, that you recommend any of those athletes that are playing those positions to watch film on? Great question. I think it depends on the style that you play. I'm a big advocate of watching the following point guards right now. I love Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah. I love He's obviously super explosive, but he's also extremely intelligent, and his jump shot is a thing of beauty. I love how he kind of you know, weaves in and out, dictates. So he's a good guy to watch if you're an explosive guard. The other guy I love watching, and you might not like this being a Lakers fan, is Lonzo Ball. No. <laughs> yeah, I hate him. I'm like in between with him. <laughs> I like him, but he let, I mean, he's our enemy now. Of course, of course. <laughs> I, I love the way he moves the ball. He, he just has a, a different kind of court vision on the floor. Obviously, he's got a lot, a lot of flaws in his game. But the way he looks up the floor before the ball comes in possession, the way he knows where guys are going to be, he knows where they like to catch the ball. He, to me, he's a joy to watch. Um, and the last guy in the point guard position has to be Chris Paul. Um, the way he uses ball screens, the way he comes off, um, the way, what he does at 34, 35 years old is incredible. And of course, I, so I've got, I've got to throw one more guy in there. I'm a big point guard fan. Yeah. It's my guy. My favorite player right now is Luka Doncic. Oh, so um, good. I think when you go look at Luka Doncic, yes, he's six seven six eight. I saw him in DC, and he's every bit six seven six eight. <laughs> oh, damn. If you he's watch, not lying. <laughs> he's no, not lying about his no, height. <laughs> no, he is not at all. The guy I was with was like six four, and he towered over him. Damn. Um, but with, with, with him, obviously, he has the experience of playing EuroLeague at such a young age. But he's never sped up. Like, I saw teams put smaller guards on him who are athletic and fast and physical. Doesn't speed him up. I've seen guys that put long defenders on him. Doesn't speed him up. Like, he just, he, he's always in control. And that's what I love to watch about him. So, all those guys have different kind of faucets to their game I think people can learn from. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I love Luka Doncic, like you said, the control. Yeah, if you're the shooting guard position, the one guy I love to watch that he didn't play this year is uh, Thompson. I think just the way he moves off the ball is an incredible guy to watch. Yeah, he's 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 awesome. Hopefully he recovers from his ACL. I heard he's doing well, but he moves so well off the ball, and he plays great defender. He is, yeah. So he, he, to me, he's a total package as a shooting guard. But obviously, you've got guys like Harden who are exciting. I get it. But Clay Thompson, I mean, you saw the games that he scored. He scored like 35 points and take seven dribbles or something. You know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you want to watch, if you don't get the ball a lot and you're more of a shoot, he's a guy to watch. Yeah. And I mean, I just can't imagine the defender guarding him because he's moving around. He's just not hanging out. So the defender guarding him is like, man, just play, just chill for a bit. But he's like, no, nah, I'm going to get open. How about the big man? What do, you, what do you have for the big man? I know they're not dribbling as much, but I mean, they still need yeah. some, some dribbling. 
Well, if you're slow and unathletic like me, you want to watch <laughs> Nicholas. It was the Joker. Oh, the Joker. Joker, the Joker, the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of some. Who's the guys that I, that I love? Um, goodness, I'm forgetting. I'm thinking footwork wise. See, I, I go a lot of old school guys for footwork, like yeah. Paul Gasol, Akeem Olajuwon. You know, just the, the up and unders, the, re, the reverse pivots. I, I'm a big fan of that. You know, so I, I usually tell guys to go to, go to the old old school for that, especially yeah. with the bigs. That's what I say. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Pogasso, man. I think he's one of the most underrated centers of all time because he did so well with the Lakers, but he was overshadowed by Kobe half the time. But he's so good. How about one last little question about the big man? How much should they be working on their dribbling? You know, some of them are like, hey, I don't need to work as much in my dribbling, but this is like the time to get better. You know, what would you rec- advise for that? I think, as we know, the game is changing. You know, if you can't guard in a high ball screen, your butt's on the bench these days. Exactly. Uh, you know, a la Brook Lopez, you know, a guy who's transforming his game. It must be when he left the Lakers, he got better, you know. <laughs> Started making threes, man. I was so <laughs> mad. Now he comes, yeah, it's... <laughs> We, I mean, we lost so many players. Like, I know uh, the Lakers lost, like, five or six players that are now all good. Like, Thomas Bryant's good. Like, all these players have left. Yeah, it's a Lakers curse. But yeah. And actually, actually, one guy, I didn't realize his footwork was as good was Anthony Davis. Oh, I, he moves well. I knew how good he was. I didn't know how good his footwork was until I really started watching him a lot this season. I'm really impressed. But I think with big guys, you know, the game's changing. So, yes, you should be watching, uh, working on your handle, just getting familiar with the basketball. What you can also be working on is, you know, if you're passing against the wall, like passing from out the post, or your footwork as well. You can still work on up and unders and sealing someone, you know, drop steps. You can work on a lot of stuff. Your reverse pivot, where you catch, turn and face, pretend you're shooting, or rip by to your left. There's stuff you can work on as well. So, a lot of stuff that a basket, again, it takes a little bit of imagination and creativity, but it's work you can do. Perfect, man. I think you dropped so much knowledge. People are going to learn so much from this podcast. Just to kind of end it, like before we kind of go in, what's, what's your favorite basketball memory? You know, as either as a player, a fan, you know, you tell us. I have two, actually. I have two. You know what? I'm going to give you three. That's okay. Why not? First one, first one is um, when I was in Texas, in, in, um, at, in Dallas, Texas, I, um, when I first fell in love with the game, my, my aunt bought me a Michael Jordan basketball from Walmart. And I was 13 years old. I didn't know who Michael Jordan was. <laughs> and I said, I think I want to 23 on it. And she said, you know who that is, right? I said, hmm. That's Michael Jordan. I said, who's Michael Jordan? <laughs> and that, that ball for me, you know, because I came from Scotland, just yeah. it, it, it was everything for me. So and I, hung on, I hung on to it for like 10 years. So the synergy <laughs> And the second one for me was scoring my first point as a player. I was in a game and I was so nervous. I'm surprised I caught anything. And yeah. a player who was very dear to me, who actually passed away recently, oh, Robert Archibald, who played for the University of Illinois. He was the first Scottish guy to get drafted in the NBA. He actually got yeah. drafted to the Memphis Grizzlies, same year as Shane Batty. And he played, okay, yeah. played for Toronto, Suns, and Magic. And then he went over to EuroLeague and played there for about 10, 12 years. He actually passed away due to an unfortunate situation. And uh, he, he gave me my first assist. He gave oh, me a great back pass. And I felt like I was Michael Jordan versus Georgetown. <laughs> Caught it. And I switched that thing. And I'm at anybody, you know, at the end of your first basket, you just, it feels amazing. Yeah. And then the next time down the floor, I'm on the other side of the floor. He sees me. He kicks it to me, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be nothing but net. Yeah. 
I didn't even hit the rim. <laughs> yeah, man, you messed up his assist too. <laughs> Over the rim. And yeah. the last memory, which probably trumps them all, was um, I think it was yeah, it's probably last summer. My son was eight years old, and he scored his first uh, first basket in his game. Oh man, and, uh, hey, for geez. me that was that was everything. Dang, he's following your footsteps, man. You're gonna turn him into. Oh, he'll be, he'll be way better, and it won't be hard. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, Paul, tell us where people could find you. You know, and talk about you know where when's your next online workout and everything. Yeah, is you can find me on Instagram at Drills and Skills B Ball. So it's D R I L L S A N D S K I L L S B and then Ball uh, B A L L. Address and skills, and you can just shoot me a DM. My email's on there as well, the email option. And our free workouts are every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so be 3 p.m. your time. And then on the weekends at 12 p.m. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, so 9 a.m. for you guys. And they're completely free. All you have to do is email me, and my email is on my Instagram. I make it easier that way. Uh, you just go to that post, send me an email. I'll send you a code for Zoom, and you work it with us. Perfect, man. That's great that you're doing it for the basketball community. I can't. I mean, it's it's huge. We'll include all these things on the notes bio. We'll have your bio and everything. And please, guys, reach out to him. Great resource, and he's doing great for the community. But hey, Paul, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for all you do and having me on and promoting the game and. Just appreciate everything you do as well. I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to have met you and hopefully start a good basketball relationship. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook with the handle at Basketball Docs. Our website is www.thebasketballdoctors.com or you can email us at thebasketballdoctors at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and following us. We hope you learned something valuable from our discussion today and use this knowledge to get a leg up over the competition. We would love to continue bringing you information regarding all things basketball. So please rate us, subscribe, comment, and tell your friends. Let's ball for life.